0: podcast audience welcome to three p's in a pod cast episode 211 wow we made
1: it i didn't know if we were gonna make it through that
0: introduction well i didn't either it was like you decided to change well it i know it. it's in parentheses. I, in parentheses I didn't know whether i should say it or not okay all right. this is a pod pod cast. not cast. yes <laughs> that is true.
2: that's right so that's
1: just us being cute it is we're so cute, we're, we're cute. look at us
2: <laughs> just, <laughs> How before, cute are just we? before i'm sure uh Charlie cuts in. I was sitting like this. We were talking. Oh, and I realized. That's that, a little too familiar, man. Well, Charlie had told me earlier today that this chair makes me look less awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, anything I said, we can do to help that. Think, that that's a great chair, I, I, I thought to myself, I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a magic chair.
0: Uh, Oh boy. Okay. So uh, last week I said to the, to the audience that we were going to go off script just a tad and we're going to make up our own question. What are we actually going to do? We're going to create a new segment. Oh
2: What's wrong?
0: The segment is what is wrong with that? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What is wrong with that? And then we're going to talk about a topic. All right, here we go.
1: What is wrong with that? And if you don't like this segment or this entire episode, please send in a question. Yes, (laughs) we do not have questions. This is what happens when we don't have questions. We invent
0: things. This is my subtle way to goad people to send us more more questions. Mm, I like it. I like it. Do a really crappy episode. And then they'll go, It might be good. We've got to. It could turn out to be their favorite thing. It might be. We'll see. So, all right. So, since uh, we're talking about this topic these days around community Christian, but we admit that not a lot of churches talk about it. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with the church in mental health? Mm. Why don't they do it right or do it at all? What's wrong with them? Yes. And why are we so
2: right? Because that's what—that's
1: <laughs> what Jason wants to get to.
2: <laughs> How do we get to be so
1: good? How are we so amazing? So, Let's I, guess, look at I guess I start with why. I almost
2: you, put my arm back up. I was, I was just going to lean, you in. So comfortable. I gonna lean <laughs> in. I was
1: going to lean in. So, Jason, what do you think is the first thing that hmm. most, makes us
2: right? Yeah. yeah. What
1: makes us right? What <laughs> wow. Well. What's the first thing that you think is, or the most egregious, I'll say, hmm. problem that many, many Christians yeah. often take when it comes to mental health? Is it the fact that we we often just don't talk about it enough, or is there something else even before that?
0: Well, they either, I think, one of two things, and you can just argue over which is worse. They either ignore it like it don't exist, or they discount it like, well, that might be the same thing. But you know what I'm saying. They just ignore it and don't want to talk about it at all. Or when it does sort of come into play and people are struggling with their mental health, I, I... we over
2: spiritualize. That's what I was going to say. I think there's mm-hmm. those are the spirit- two things I was. I think there's spiritual over spiritualization around mental health. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about that. Why do you think it is that Christians want to over spiritualize it, or churches in general want to over spiritualize mental health problems? In particular, I guess what we're, t- we're 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 talking about maybe to make clear for people when we're talking about mental health problems, uh, there's obviously a wide range, mm-hmm. but in particular, most people are struggling with some form of anxiety, yeah. depression, yeah. right? Those kind of things people are bringing in mm-hmm. to a situation, right? These are probably the most common things mm-hmm. most people are struggling with. They come to a church mm-hmm. and the church what does it sound like when the church over-spiritualizes it?
0: It sounds like blame, okay? In my opinion, um it sounds like because let's be clear, mental health problems like you just described the way they play themselves out in real life is in behaviors. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. I think the church is real clear on, well, you just need to behave. And right. so if, like, for instance, if you're depressed and you're struggling to get out of bed in the morning, you just need to get out of bed in the morning. That's right. right. And they don't realize that there could most likely going to be things behind that. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, especially when you understand trauma, trauma, Right. and you're a trauma informed person you you understand that a lot of what you see in the the behavior of people is not necessarily just laziness or just um, a, I just don't want to right um, there really is some kind of physical thing going on mm-hmm. stemming from a mental issue going on mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed so that 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 piece can get healed and so we we just say things that you know i don't i don't think people are trying to be insensitive right. but they come off that way that's right especially to somebody who and i talked about this a few weeks ago when i preached on this idea and i I'd said in the message i said something like whenever you whenever you just live in the reality of your mental illness nobody intends to do that
1: nobody Why? nobody no one chose i want to be in this place no no
0: nobody I haven't met anybody yet that decided one day I just I want to hate myself so much and hate my life so much that I'm going to self harm or think about suicide or even right. go all the way and try to attempt it. Um, nobody sets out there; they start out with just living in a in a situation where that they just see the world and see reality in a in a way that just that makes sense right to them. It, it I'm. I was working with somebody one time who had a family member who took their own life. Mm-hmm. And the one the thing that is so hard for family members who have people in their world like that is they cannot understand how you get to a place where that seemed like the logical thing to do because we know sitting on this side of when you look at suicide from this angle – you see it as so destructive and so right. damaging to the family and the people who love them, and if, if there are children involved, if it's a parent. And we see that so clearly. But when you flip around and you see it from the other person's perspective, I, and I tell them all, this all the time, I said they believe, they are firmly convinced that this is better for everyone. Right. Or else they wouldn't take this. They're not evil. they're, they're They just have a distorted view of the world. And the only way to help somebody change that distortion is you can't stand face to face with them and say, fix it, think differently. You have to figure out a way to come around and sit beside them right. and say, I know what it looks like. I'm looking at the same thing too, but let me tell you what I see. And let's, let's walk together and try to figure this out together. That's the only shot you've got. Mm-hmm. So I say all that to say, answer your question, I think the church too often comes face to face with people and we try to tell people what to do mm-hmm. rather than walk with people to a destination.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think when you get to that place, so if you let's get even behind that, a why that happens mm-hmm. in the church, I think it happens because we have a... Um, We have a view of Jesus. We have a view of Mm. uh, life with God Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe religion, you would use that term, uh, maybe. of The goal of it is behavior modification. Uh, And the goal is, and really behavior modification to a point. And what I mean is, get me good enough to get into heaven. Mm -hmm. Even Christians who believe they are saved by grace, right? There is a level of... Well, that'll get fixed in eternity. So mm-hmm. I just need to make sure I stay enough within the bounds. Mm-hmm. So when you take your thing, you know, uh, and I've heard people do this before. Jesus says, do not worry. So if you're struggling with anxiety, this is a sin issue. You need to just, yeah. mm-hmm. you just need to Stop talk worrying. to God about that, confess your sin, mm-hmm. and you'll move on. And it's not even to say that it's not, there are behaviors that come about because of people's uh, mental health struggles that the behavior that comes out of it, the consequence coming out of it, is a sinful thing. Yeah. But as you're saying, you got a backup behind that, mm-hmm. and I think the what Jesus came to do, and if we can look at Jesus came, you, know, you might use the word holistic, right, mm-hmm. or for the whole person, right? That we are multiple um, dimensional beings. We are both spirit, which is what most people think religion is about. That's your spiritual life, right? The kind of inner you. You are also emotional. You mm-hmm. have an emotional aspect. Mm-hmm. You are a uh, intellectual being or a mental being, the thoughts that you think. But you're also a physical person. You have a physical body. Right. Jesus came to save all of those things. When Jesus saw a, a, a person who was, uh, couldn't walk, a crippled person, he didn't walk up and say, hey, look, that will get taken care of. Yeah. He goes, I'm going to come up. Mm-hmm. I'll heal you. But there's this other thing you need too. Your sins are forgiven, right? He's doing both mm-hmm. aspects because he cares about the entire person. On the sermon you preached on mental health, right, there was a demon possession. So there's a spiritual aspect, but it's causing both emotional and physical and social. Yep. All of those are all dimensions of them. it. Jesus goes, I want to heal all of those things. Mm-hmm. And if we can get ourselves a, uh, a view of Jesus and a view of what life with God is that goes beyond heaven one day. Mm -hmm. Right. And it goes to God, God is interested in my entire being. Well, it becomes easier to now go, well, let's figure out what, what does it look like to have the thoughts Jesus would have. Mm -hmm. Right. And that goes to the point you were talking about. Of I have this reality that's been warped because of the the small little thoughts. I think that become bigger thoughts than I think, if I could begin thinking Jesus like thoughts about myself Mm -hmm. and about my life, that changes, yeah. but that takes practice. It takes habituation yeah. mm-hmm. or habit forming. And right. it's more than just
0: the thoughts too. It's the experiences that sure. you have lived mm-hmm. underneath for your whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've already mentioned trauma, but when you when you have grown up in, in a in a home where there was, you know, a message that was given to you about your your worth or what was worthy about you and it's it's distorted from what the the picture it distorts the image of God within you and that's all you know that's right then you're only living out the reality that you were handed and so again it, it it's more than just thinking different thoughts it's mm-hmm. it's actually somebody having to almost re help you unlearn and then relearn all the stuff. And that's, that's not a, Hey, you know, sit with me for an hour and I'll teach you all the things and then you go and fix it. I say this all the time when somebody starts a a counseling journey, as I say, look, this is not a pill you take. This is a, this is a process you enter into Mm -hmm. where all we're trying to do is for you to see some progress. Mm -hmm. And if you can walk out of here and then come back the next time and say, you know what? This week was a little bit better than last that's week. Right. Or the even if it's a small tiny thing, well then now we're on track and we're that's right. we're maybe shifting some of those identity issues mm-hmm. or some of those uh, self worth issues that you're mm-hmm. dealing with, or just all or maybe we're actually pulling out some of the the trauma that's being stored in you, right. that and and you're starting to re um, redefine that and change it. Uh, a little bit so that you can see it for what it really is. So
2: yeah, I, I think, think when it think. comes down to, you know, for the church, I, I do think the over-spiritualization is the end reason most people don't. I think we do think not just about heaven, but we, we really believe that if Jesus has the power to heal, um, we should be able to pray and fix things. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have yeah. to I shouldn't have to deal with it in the way that people who aren't Christian. Yeah. I get that they have to deal with it that way. But I shouldn't have to deal with it in uh in that same way and that it's almost wrong and not a faith for me not to trust Jesus to help me get mm. out of this situation. Sure. And I, and I don't even talk about the church in general. I think individual Christians feel that kind of thing. I should other people seem to be able to handle this. Why can't I handle it? Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. I not have enough faith? Is there something wrong with me? Or I'm uh, weak. I'm weak. Mm-hmm. And I keep uh, dealing with this particular problem, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I I said when we were talking about this at another meeting that I think the way that the church is currently dealing with mental health, if you look back historically, we dealt with medical mm-hmm. <laughs> advances in the same way. Unfortunately, we thought, you know, Those aren't talked about in the scripture, and you know we didn't know a whole lot about it, and so we stood back, and um, you know it had to take a while for things to Mm -hmm. get. And honestly, even in the even in the professional world, this area of mental health is 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 coming of age. Oh yeah, these mm -hmm, days. mm -hmm. Uh,
0: I use that image with clients all the time. Of um, that, here's another topic, but it's, it's similar to what you're talking about. A lot of Christians frown on, you know, um, medications. That's right. Mm. That you take for mental health, and they they think that's a sign of weakness, or you shouldn't have to have those kinds of things. And I'm I'm I'll be the first to tell you I'm not a fan of just you know throwing medicine at people either.
1: Sure. sure, sure. But and
0: this is what I tell people all the time: As I say if you had a broken leg, mm-hmm. and, and I would you would you would say it would be malpractice for me to tell you to stand up and walk on that leg. Right. right. You would first, I, I couldn't send you to any kind of therapy because you could not participate in the therapy because correct. of your broken leg. Right, correct. Said, so what I would have to do first is I'd have to get a cast on there or some type of boot to help give you the support you need to maybe eventually stand on that leg. That's right. Participate in the therapy, gain strength so that it would heal, then you take it off. Mm -hmm. I see medication is the same way Mm -hmm. is in order for you to participate in the therapy for some people, not all, Mm -hmm. but for some people, they get to a point and we always work, we start with the therapy and we see how it goes. And if, and if we just can't get any ground, then we might say, well, maybe we need to get some support
1: Mm -hmm. and we
0: step in and get some support. And then maybe the therapy can actually start working. Right. Right. I think in the, in the, in the church world, we've, like you said, we we think, well, a prayer ought to take care of it, right, or you know your your faith ought to just get strong enough to, to take care of it, right. right. And that's just an unrealistic expectation for some people because of what they've been through.
1: yeah, well, and I think it's unrealistic in the way that the human person grows and develops and learns. I think um, I think the same problem comes to the way that we deal with sin in people's life. I think people have habitual sins. In their life right whether it be something Mm -hmm. sexual losing my temper all the time and it's not particularly a mental health issue it's just i'm i'm dealing with sin in my life and the answer we have is stop it yeah right just just stop it or this is what we call accountability we call accountability you go to a person tell them every time you do the bad thing and the shame of telling another person is going to fix it for you but what ultimately uh, works in it, and his psychologist Henry Cloud. I noticed we. I think we have the book that he's doing as one of our right now media. My small group is doing it right now. Yeah, so that 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 whole thing. I heard him speak on this maybe six, seven years ago when he defined accountability. He tells this, the parable Jesus tells of uh, of the fig tree where the guy comes. He's planted this fig tree. It's not producing fruit, and the guy who owns the uh the 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 tree said so, well let's just tear it up and throw it away and this other one of the farmers comes in and goes hey how about we go and we dig around the? So- let me give me a year to dig around the soil plant some new nutrients in the soil and then then we'll see if it goes and he goes that's a better image of what accountability is which is i dig deep into a person's life and go what is it that's actually causing you to struggle with lust the way you are mm-hmm. right what is the thing and we see this in uh Twelve-step groups, right? Mm-hmm. At yeah. some point, you have to take a fear, fearless moral inventory, where you really get to what are the things I've done, and, and what's underneath that, mm-hmm. right? And then you got to put new soil in. You got to put new thought patterns, new mm-hmm. habits in, mm-hmm. and then you got to give it time to actually say, "Let's see if this thing actually works and grows mm-hmm. before we can say whether it's fruitful or not." Well, that's ultimately what we need in our relate in our spiritual life, even beyond mental health. If I want to see my marriage get better, I want to see, I want to see sins in my life actually decrease, right? I want to grow that way. It's going to take me going in and looking at what are the things that I'm doing, not in the moment I'm tempted to sin or not the moment those thoughts come into my head, what are the patterns of life I'm living under that allow those thoughts or those temptations to flower in my life instead of the truth of God or those kind of things? Mm-hmm. But what we do is we go, well, let's do a sermon on anger <laughs> and we'll just tell a bunch of people anger's bad yeah. or sexual sin is bad. Stop doing it. But then if we could have a way of viewing, hey, I might need to go life on life with a person.
0: Yeah, because the teaching is is always on the back half. Mm hmm the front half is, and you, you mentioned, you know, whatever sin issue I'm dealing with mm-hmm. might be an addiction or it might be yeah. whatever that I'm, that I can't seem to stop doing or I can't seem to get motivated to do right there is the only way, you know, is you've got to uh, use your image. you got to dig so far down deep that you figure out what is the pain that I'm medicating mm-hmm. because almost all of those things originate in pain Mm -hmm. there's a feeling that i don't want to admit that i have or there's a feeling i just don't want to feel Mm -hmm. sometimes it comes from just something that happened to me or something got ingrained in me a long time ago and so this habit developed around a a masking of that sure it's so it's either to keep the feeling from coming up or to just ignore it so i don't have to Mm -hmm. talk about it well you got to take the mask away that or that whatever that is Medicating it Mm -hmm. so that you get down underneath the soil and and it actually and you bring it out and you put it on the table and you go, This is what we're dealing with. Right. Mm -hmm. And when a person finally sees this and they and even feel it, because they've been so afraid to feel it, and then you walk with them through that feeling, and then you help them understand that it won't kill you. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you can do this now, it's, it's what I said a few weeks ago, it's out in the light. It starts to lose its power. Now I gain a little bit of confidence over, okay, I can actually, I can actually go through this negative feeling that I've mm-hmm. been running from or masking. And I, I have what I need to actually go through it. And then the more you do that, and you do it in tiny little increments, Right. you, you gain confidence, you gain power. And now you're getting some victory over it. That's right. And that's then right. you start doing different. And that's when the teaching comes in. It goes, now, here's what you do right. in your life. But until you get this stuff uncovered, mm-hmm. the, the teaching, like you said, throw a sermon series at it. Right. It's not going to work very well.
1: That's right. And there's a there's a blessing, too. And this is really what we try to do as a church is I have to teach the truth. You know, we've done yeah. that yeah. triangle. We've shown people of how spiritual life works. There's teaching. That's mm-hmm. part of it. Then there's community. I got to get some people around me, Mm -hmm. right, to help me do this. And then the practice part, but the practice part is not just, okay, now I've heard the truth, I'm going to go do it. In our um, discipleship program, we're actually changing a couple of the practices this year. uh, Steve Clark, who leads that, and I work on that together. And one of the things we do is we identify, um, there are these things I'm giving away. We call them curses that I give away Mm -hmm. to the people in my life. And it's usually patterns of sin or some kind of harmful behavior right, that I give away. And normally we've done is we just identified it and said, okay, so here's the plan I'm going to follow. We agreed this year we actually needed two extra weeks. Normally we do month-long practices. We said we need two extra weeks to help people come up with plans that'll work. And the way that I talked about it when, when he and I were talking about it is uh, I there there's someone in my life who has already told me what curse she's working on, and it's with her children. She said, I often feel like I'm pretty harsh and critical on my kids. I say more harsh things that i mean to you know and not all the time but sometimes when things are tense that works that way so she said i just that's what i'm gonna stop is i'm gonna stop doing that and so i said well how how are you gonna do that and she said well i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna i'm gonna pray better prayers in the morning and get those kind of things and i said okay here are the questions you need to ask i said you need to ask when does this happen the most yep. and so we started there and it turns out well it's when we're leaving the house all right every time i'm leaving the house they're not moving as fast as i want them to and those kind of things well this person who i love and I think she'd freely admit, is uh, always late herself, okay? So transitions are tough for her. Well, now she's throwing kids on the plate. They're not moving very good. So I said, so the issue is you already feel guilty for being late. Your kids are not moving at the speed you want them to, and then you start saying, why are you always doing this? Why are you acting this way? So I said, what if your practice is I'm going to add 15 minutes to transition times? So your practice is every day... A transition that normally, instead of saying, hey, we're leaving the house in five minutes, everyone can get their shoes on. If we got to leave at 10 o'clock, we're starting leaving time at 945. And I said, and now you've given yourself the thing where you can go, all right, come on, go ahead and put those shoes on. It'll take a little bit longer. You know what I'm saying? It's margin. It's margin. But what you're doing is you're backing up and saying, the problem is that you are not the kind of person who wants to say these harsh things. Absolutely. Kids. But what she feels is, I'm a terrible mom. Good moms don't say things like this to yep. her, their kids. But if you give them that empowerment. And
2: behind that, she's frustrated. That good people don't show up late there.
1: Sure. Yeah. I'm there's embarrassing. I'm in There's frustration
2: yeah. behind that. Yeah.
1: And so all I'm saying with that is, even within our church, we are trying to take this approach to. Hey, you want to be the kind of person who says patient and kind things. I remember I said to one guy in one of these groups, uh, if you're you're only getting four hours of sleep a night, that's a problem. Yeah. Because if love is patient and love is kind, and you know you are angry and rushed and irritable when you lose sleep, getting sleep becomes a spiritual issue. It's yeah. not just a physical yes. thing. It is something you got to figure out. Yeah. Now, as I'm sure Jason can point out, there are people... Who because of the anxiety they have or whatever, sleep because of problems. So maybe we need to back that up even more. Oh yeah. But it's about it's about that digging deep and figuring out why is it I'm doing these mm-hmm. things.
0: Yeah.
2: So then maybe another problem the church has with this, it, I just hear you talking it through, and we've talked about this. Maybe another reason is our theology is based on me and Jesus ought to be able to solve everything. Correct. Yes. And that I don't want to have to. Have anybody help me dig beneath? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to talk anything through. Mm-hmm. I, me and Jesus ought to be enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what I thought was interesting, we brought up the Henry Cloud book. I know in his his teaching on it, he said. Um, what accountability really looks like is letting other people borrow some your strength or your whatever. So he said, there's this guy who, the thing he was talking to him about, he was holding him accountable for overindulging in food. And he said, this guy, he just calls me up and says, I ate a bunch of nachos tonight. I'm a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. And he said, so what's the problem this guy has? Well, he just... He just wants to eat. He won't tell himself no. And he said, no, the problem is he's not disciplined. He has a lack of discipline. He goes, but you're the kind of person who does have discipline. Maybe if you came alongside yes. and did this. And so I, I remember something along the lines of he's like, they started this guy and the other guy said, he said, I'll come to your house every day. At this time we'll go running together. He goes you can't make yourself run but you will do it with me. Yeah, right. That's a community aspect of mm-hmm. you're not alone in this. Right. And that's in very right. much the way I know Jason does in, in in you know in his uh you know new path on, on career is that's what a counselor will do for you. They will come yes. alongside you and go hey, I have some uh, wisdom, I have some knowledge just from being able to help other people. You can't see the practice you need but if you'll we can do this together. And that's what I heard when you said the mm-hmm. thing of life on life, we're doing this together.
0: Well, in any kind of good uh, treatment plan that a counselor works with, client on, it, it shores up all of those spaces in their life. It says, you know, if, if you want to, like you said, become more physically active right. and you're currently not getting it done on your own, well, let's, let's find an environment. Let's find right. a relationship. Let's find a scenario that we can now put you in that sets you up right. to, to do the things that you say you want to do. It's, it's not so much a want-to problem. It's an environment problem. That's you right. Know, and, and, like, and you said it very uh, good, I thought, Nathan. You know, you dive into if you want to like end a behavior, you start asking questions about the behavior. When does it happen? You know, Mm -hmm. what, what, when am I most susceptible? Who's around me? What's going on? What What do I feel? What do I feel in the moment? What time of day is it? And you get all those things laid out on the table and it's, and you start to realize, oh, it's, it's, that is
2: not the thing. It's all these other things that are feeding into it. And it's often thoughts I'm having about things in that time that I don't even realize I'm thinking in Mm -hmm. the
0: moment.
1: Exactly.
2: Expectations yeah. I had, something mm-hmm.
1: that, yeah. yeah. Or past, past experiences. Yeah, what does I mean, past experiences? Yeah, there's so, been there's been a experience. That's one of the things I think I didn't realize until I was going through foster training and then having been a foster parent and an adoptive parent. How much of it is not even, uh, they're not even thought patterns people have. Trauma gets stored up in your body. That's yep. right. They that's become right. embodied reactions you have. You don't even know yep. um, you're dealing with it. and. Uh, My wife and I had just recently heard from our our children's counselor when we were talking. They were explaining to us that there's now this uh, – there's probably an actual term for it, but I call it secondary PTSD, but it's like a transfer that when you are in an environment where you're helping people who have a lot of trauma and their reactions – some of it gets a little bit into you. And I'd never really experienced it until there have been some things in our family life, and our history. There, when the weather changes a certain way, I feel in my body, I'm more tense right now. Mm -hmm. And it took me a while to realize, oh, that's because this is the time of year that thing was going on. Mm -hmm. This is the time of year this thing happened. There was no thought that led me to think that. My body started to feel, oh, it's fall this is <laughs> this well, is the
0: time you need to protect yourself. You know your, your amygdala stores that, right? Because it's trying to keep you safe, and mm-hmm. it knows that when that happened last time, I was not safe, and it's, I have to protect yep. myself. It's all it's all baked in. Mm-hmm. So that's what you're
1: talking about. Yeah. And I just think all of that's a part of us having, and as believers, you know whether whether we even currently are struggling with mental health problems, having a holistic view of the person. And what God is doing of this idea that God wants, God, God cares about my body. He gave me, I mean, we we teach our daughters this all the time, even just with eating healthy foods or exercising or just taking care of their body. We say, you know, your body is a gift. God has given this to you. It's important. This, this idea, well, I'll get a new body in heaven that will take care of. That's not respectful of the gift God gave. My mind is a gift, right? And there are things that happen sometimes in my life that, that I can't control And that I now have to deal with, they're not my fault, but they are now my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Having all of that thought of Jesus wants to do something with all of that. And it's not just teach me the truth so I can get to heaven and I can stop doing bad things. Mm -hmm. Jesus cares about you. Mm -hmm. And I think that allows us then when we meet someone who has mental health problems or if we ourselves start to struggle, or if it's just sin in our life that we have to address. All of that gets better when I realize Jesus cares about it all, and he is the answer, because even even what you're doing with therapy, you're bringing Jesus into that, because Jesus wants to be a part. I don't mean you're coming in and saying, let's pray in the name of Jesus. You are in your body, in Mm -hmm. your mind, because you have the Spirit of God in you. That's a part of all of this. Yes. So,
0: I'm sure we will talk more about this in the future.
1: But Probably. Oh, no, I'm confident. We yes. have run
0: out of time.
2: Okay. Of time. All right. So,
0: fastest 30 minutes that I've spent all week. <laughs> no, there you go. So, all right. So, that was our attempt at creating our own question. And if you liked it, then stop sending then, questions. Then questions. don't say nothing. <laughs> but if you didn't, or you'd like to redirect. We would really appreciate it. We would. Link is in the description. Send us in a question, and uh, who knows? Maybe yours will show up next week. Mm. See you next time.